0: Welcome back to Out of the Rough, a fantasy golf podcast brought to you by Wino Fantasy. My name is Nate with Wino Fantasy, and today I'm joined by, as always, Lenny. Lenny, how are we? Doing
1: quite all right. How about yourself?
0: Oh, uh, doing just fine, Lenny. And as always, Sean is with us as well. Sean, how are we doing? Doing great, Nate. Thanks. If you guys haven't already, Lenny and Sean released their first edition of their uh new podcast basically a preview to what we'll talk about tonight um a preview of i want to say it's more of an in-depth type of breakdown of the golfers that we'll see in the tournament is that right in saying guys
1: Yeah, it's kind of just um just an overlook of the fields some of the pricing if we can get the pricing out while we do these pods and just kind of First look opinions of what's coming up for the week.
0: Yeah, that'll drop when we have uh, you know major tournaments and and uh, the bigger of the non majors come out the season. So look for that as well. Uh, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Out of the Rough WK. Uh, follow Wino Fantasy as well on t- uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Wino Fantasy. Visit our website Winofantasy.com we for more fantasy sports content, including fantasy golf, NASCAR, baseball. Football, basketball, you name it, we have you covered. Before we move into things here, of course, the Masters are coming up. And if you want to join our Masters Fantasy group, you can go to Masters.com, click the Fantasy tab, and search out of the rough dash WK. That's out of the rough dash WK to compete against us. And uh yeah, see what you can do against the Weino Fantasy or the Out of the Rough crew here. So last week we had the Valero Texas Open. Jordan Spee finally got himself in the win column for the first time since 17, I believe. So we'll go over our results there. I guess I will kick things off in our new format of, you know, selecting favorites in terms of price ranges. Uh, Let's see. Last week I had uh, Alexander Schofield, T54, Abraham Answer T23. Zach Johnson missed the cut, which is a weird thing to say. Uh, He was, what, 12 for 12 and didn't miss the cut since last year's U.S. Open. Kind of weird. Not sure what's happening with the world these days. Matthew Naismith, T-34, and Joseph Bramlett, T-34. So, uh, LJ or Lenny, how did you guys, how do you last week in terms of your favorites?
1: I mean, for me, it was in the money again with my lineup. Um, nothing impressive, though. Um, Charlie Hoffman finished second for me. Chris Kirk with a six. Um Poor Bronson Burgoon with a T94. Thought he, he could at least make the cut. Um, but, you know, my lineup overall wasn't too terrible. Finishing off with Answer Bradley and putting them as well.
0: Yeah, that's uh, a good thing to get the money last week. Like you said, we saw Speef winning. We talked about Speef being a, uh, a contender here. And I believe our boy Sean here had Speef in his lineup. Correct, Sean?
2: Yeah, yeah, he was probably the only uh, highlight of my lineup. Um, Connors came in t- uh, T14, which was really the only other guy that scored points for me. Everybody else missed the cut. I agree with you, Zach Johnson missing the cut. I feel like we jinxed him last week by both saying that he was Mr. Clutch or uh, just making sure that he could do the cuts. So, um, yeah, lineup wasn't too hot, but I did have speed. So, I guess that's the highlight for it.
0: Yeah, someone hang your head on there. Uh, at least there's that. So that's how we do the Valero Texas Open. But besides that, guys, it is Masters Week. This is pretty much, you know, the first major of the year. This is what, you know, really kicks off the golf season. I know we've had some great uh, tournaments before this, the players, the WG Match Play, and the and the Workday, everything like that, as before this. But this really kicks off the season, in my opinion. And this is what you look forward to as a golf fan. You know, Augusta National is pretty much the epitome of, of excellence uh, of golf. And if you didn't listen to Sean and uh, Lenny's podcast yesterday that dropped, they, they talked about how, how odd this is, that this is probably the most notable, the most known golf course in the world. Yet it is one of the most exclusive and private golf courses as well, which is, which is, uh, ironic, uh, in, in, in itself, but, you know, Augusta national, here we go. Uh, Augusta is a standard par 17 or 72 course that has four par fives, four, four, four par threes, and 10 par fours. However, just because it, it, on paper, it is a standard par 72 course. The way it's set up, it's the way it's laid out, uh, definitely, um, make brings its challenges forth one of the hilliest courses on the tour the elevation changes and slopes between uh the the t-box to the green mean experience playing this course can really pay off which we'll talk about here later in this podcast as well uh bent grass greens they are very slick and very fast again experience on this type of greens uh goes a long way missing an approach here on the wrong side of the green can Often bring big numbers into play. What does this mean? If you don't strike the ball on the right side of the green, it's going to roll off and you're going to have to chip back on and it's going to be a nightmare. So golfers who are good at the approach or around the green to put the ball where they want it on the green, it's going to be big this week. The winning score should be around, let's see, minus 13 to minus 15, but winning scores over the past five years have ranged from minus 5 to minus 20. Of course, Dustin Johnson last year with his minus 20. It is a dry spring, so this has made the greens even faster and tougher conditions all all, all around. The uh, Let's see, uh, Augusta National has actually come out and stated this, the way this course is laid out along with the dry spring. is making things even more challenging this week. So some additional notes here. No player has won at Augusta on their first attempt since Fuzzy Zoller back in 1979. So for you guys betting on first-year players, Not really uh, in the cards to happen. Since 1996, only one player has won the Masters after missing the cut the previous year. That happened to be Patrick Reed in 2018. Nine of the last 12 winners of the Masters ranked 19th or better in strokes gained T to Green in the year of their victory. And each of the past six winners had recorded at least a T5 placing on the year already. Meaning they have at least had, had a top in the scoring year prior And in the last seven Have recorded at least a top two Or better So a lot of winners and second place finishers Of the uh, you know, Season leading up to it Have had great success here um, Anything else you want to add here Lenny?
1: I mean you covered it pretty well I think um, DJ's 20 under last year Course is a little bit different. Like you said, you know, it's drier this year, quite a bit of rain going into last year. Everything was softer. You know, your shots stuck to the green this year, probably going to be much quicker, much faster, much more difficult kind of what I'm expecting. It seems like what people are believing it's going to be. So having a good high ball flight, I think is going to be important. So you can get the ball to stick. Um, and yeah, just keeping it, not necessarily even on the right side, but on the safe side might be a, another thing for players to, to kind of do is, you know, when you miss, at least make sure that, you know, it's on the safe side of the green, um, where you're giving yourself a chance for a two putt and you're not taking a drop out of the water. Um, but yeah, it's the Masters week, so it's a fun week. It's an exciting week. I think there's a lot of guys in this field that have a chance to win, so it'll be fun to watch
0: yeah this, this field is kind of wide open in my opinion uh but I know in that in that last episode you guys recorded uh what came out on Monday you talked about sub aeration at this course,
1: yeah, the sub air systems they're in the greens and in the fairways, which so I mean the rain in the southeast can come at any time, kind of hit or miss um I know the weather this week, it's kind of a 50% chance, I think, from when I last looked. You know, so could have rain, might not have rain. But with these sub-air systems, it's almost like vacuums under the greens and fairways, and they can just suck the water out of that, you know, fairly quickly. It's not, you have downpours the entire week. It's not going to just turn it into a desert out there. But they can control these greens and fairways pretty well with the sub-air systems that they have in place.
0: Yeah, something to think about there. So, let's hop into things, guys. We're gonna go with five different categories here. Each give our favorites for the ten thousand plus uh, golfers. This is, of course, on DraftKings as w- that's what we use mainly here for our DFS DFS and in turn sportsbook. We have 9,000 to nine thousand to 9,000 nine geez nine thousand to nine thousand nine nine hundred eight thousand to eight thousand nine hundred seven thousand seven thousand nine hundred and sixty nine hundred and below so Sean here let's take it off who is your favorite golfer in that big ten thousand plus price range the big dogs uh, of the week so I, I think there's a
2: lot of people up there that's that are worth it obviously uh, but looking at everyone else in the list and trying to build a lineup I'm looking at Xander Shoffley, uh ten thousand. I think he's a he's a pretty decent deal for if you're looking to fill someone in this slot. He's got five top 10s this year. Only missed one cut. Um looking at the masters cuts from previous years, he's three out of four. He's got seven rounds that are under par and he's got a 71 scoring average. So just a little bit under that par average that you said of 72 earlier. Uh so I mean he he's also had a tied for second back in 2019. So he does have a pretty Decent history here. So it'd be interesting to play out, but looking at everyone else, I think they're great plays. I just think that he's going to be the best one for me for my lineups that I
0: want to build. Yeah. Can't argue with that, with that uh, value at 10,000 Lenny, who are you leaning on here? If you had to pick someone in this uh, big dog price range,
1: John wrong next
0: obvious. (laughs) Yeah. I
1: mean, I'm obviously (laughs) going John around here. It's for me. Big John wrong guy. I'm picking him every major, every major tournament. I'm gonna be owning part of him. I mean, three straight top tens, and a 27th in his four um, trips around Augusta. So he's he knows the course. He's played it well. I'm not too worried about him showing up late for the practice rounds. You know, he's played here before. Um, he's played in tough conditions before. I don't think any of these things are gonna be you know new to him. Um, so, I mean, like I said, big John Rom guy going with him, kind of, kind of ride or die with him this week.
0: Yeah. It, before last week, especially there were, there are some contents in this world. That's taxes, Zach Johnson, making the cut and Lenny picking John Rom. So no, no, uh, no surprise there. I'm going to go back
1: here though. John Rom. Has the longest uh, made cut streak on the PGA Tour.
0: Was that before Zach Johnson missed last week?
1: Um, I or only after? looked at it this week. I'm not sure what Zach Johnson's was. I think he was at maybe 18 or so. I know Ron's at 20 at this point.
0: Okay. So it had to be one week or two weeks they were,
1: Yeah, they were close. I'm not sure who actually was in front of the other, though.
0: Well, let's hope he didn't jinx him right there. I'm going to go with Justin uh, Justin Thomas, 10,600. I know you guys kind of faded this guy in your podcast yesterday, but he broke through recently with winning the players. Uh, like I said, a few weeks ago, he finished fourth a year ago at minus 12. Again, we talked about this. It was a different course, different time of year. It was played in November opposed to the normal April time. He's also fifth in the tour in shots, gained T to green, which in my opinion is the most uh, – is the most important statistic when it comes to uh, the Masters at Augusta National. If you've listened to this podcast in the past, you know I'm a statistic guy. It really hasn't got me that far yet, but I'm I'm into into stats and really believe in them. So shots gained tee to green. He's fifth on the tour. He isn't the strongest off the tee, but he's third on the tour in shots gained approach and 14th in shots gained around the green. So really makes up for that. Really trucks the ball extremely well. And in a tournament like this, where it's just, you know, all eyes on these guys, and they're just playing golf, the striking the ball excellently, even if it's uh, shorter off the tee than most. Justin Thomas does it, be- does it with the best of them. And I hate to say this, and, you know, people kind of frown or, or joke about this, not joke about this, but, you know, attack people on Twitter about this, but in a year where he lost his grandfather, one of his mentors, and golf especially, this would be a great tribute and a, and a great story to tell that, you know, Justin Thomas went and won the Masters in this in this year. Yeah,
1: he uh, he'd make a good story. Um he's improved every year that he's played here. So I mean he's kind of tracking in the right direction for a, a Masters win. I'm kind of a little bit more on JT than I was the other day. Um I don't know, just seeing him I watched his press conference today. Uh, I just kind of kind of liked his vibe, like the way he was kind of talking with the media and seems confident. So I think I'm going to be a little bit more on JT than I was before.
0: All right. So let's move forward to our 9,000 through 9,900. Don't know why that's so hard to say for me, but it is. Sean, lead us off here. You going uh, You going value here, or who are you going with on, the, on this range of, of pricing?
2: Uh, he's probably on the higher side. Well, I guess he is, seeing that he's the second highest on the list. Uh, but Colin Morikawa, um, it might be an interesting play here because you have, a lot of other guys here that are worth the value in the in the range. Uh, however, he does meet one of those criteria that you mentioned earlier of the top five finishes. He did win the workday challenge. Um, so you know, he, he is coming in with a lot of a lot of poison from last year too. He had a, a great couple runs there. So I think you know, with everybody else, you know, but you know, Lenny talked about the percentages last week of different lineups and, and how you that plays into picking your people. So, with everyone there, I think Murakawa might be the best play for me. Uh, but, you know, that's not to say it's for everyone else.
0: Well, I know you guys uh, are, are kind of maybe deterring yourself away from this price range you guys talked about on your pod. Is that something you still feel about, uh, Sean?
2: Uh, Not necessarily. I think there's some guys here that you could really build in there if you wanted to. You know, you could really value them. But then it it just depends on, you know, what guys you want to take at the lower value to fill in those slots. So there there are some good plays, but for me, Morikawa is probably the best one for me.
0: All right, Lenny, who do you got here in this price range?
1: Yeah, I think the reason that I'm kind of fading this price range is I think in a lot of my lineups, I'm going to pick one of the two guys above 10 K and then try to fill it out with lower rated guys. So it kind of just leaves me in a range where I, I don't have room to fit some of these in. And then some of the other ones, I think like I, there's so many guys in that 8,000, 7,000 range, um, that I like, um, that just the value and I can get a little bit more into my lineup. Um, in there and it's kind of just this dead spot for me a little bit where just how I've been building some of my lineups so far I do have a couple of lineups where I have kind of started out in this 9k range and in all of them I'm kind of looking at Kepka and Fino um I think though Tony Fino is a guy that I probably will be owning a bit more of Part of it is the story of Tony Fino, how I mentioned previously, you know, we had Spieth winning this past week. You know, we thought we thought Jordan would never win again. Tony hasn't won since like twenty sixteen. Nobody knows when he's gonna win again. And I wanna I wanna have that ticket of, you know, had Tony Fino on my lineup when he did win, especially at the Masters. But still, though, he's played well at the Masters, um, two of three top tens and a 38. So he's got good results here. The only issue with Tony, he was playing excellent and then had back to back missed cuts at cut events. But he's playing great beforehand. And I think, um, you know, one of those was at the players, which if you miss the cut there, I'm kind of writing it off. I don't really I don't care. I'm not thinking about that too much. So his form might be a little bit of a concern. Um but I I'm gonna be going kind of Tony Fee now, I think, in this range. A little bit on the lower end of the nine thousand range, but but I'm gonna stick with him.
0: All right, yeah, I could debate that there. You you uh you were high on now following his stretch of second place finishes and then he then he kind of fell off. I don't know if that has anything to do with it with you picking him, but we'll see how he does with the Masters here. I'm going bottom of the range here with Webb Simpson. Uh, you know, tied for 10th last year at minus four. I know it was 16 strokes off the lead. And again, we can't really reference last year because it's just a different course, different time of the year uh, due to COVID-19 and, and the changes there. But like I said, I'm a this guy through and through. But <laughs> let, let me deter from that here for a second. Uh, Simpson is 31st on the tour and strokes gained gain, T to green, but he is 4th on the tour and shots gained around the green which is fantastic for him getting the ball where he needs to be on the green. And he is 13th in shots gained putting, which, you know, when it comes to these greens, very fast, very slick. Having a strong putting game is crucial, and Simpson really does that. And like I said, he's bottom of the list here, 9,000, very great um, price. And he's 17th on the Torrance greens and regulation percentage. Really like that as well. And on a course where one wrong putt could really – we talked about this – could really de- you know, ruin your round, like to have some strong putting here. So Webb Simpson at 9,000, I believe, is a great play.
1: I think before we move on, though, like we kind of have to talk about Jordan Spieth. I think – Yes, he's in this price completely... range, of course. Yeah, what was that?
0: He's in this price range, so yeah, we need to talk about him.
1: But I think if you are going to completely overlook Spieth – You're making a mistake. I know none of us talked about speed. His form has been great this year. He's found his game back. Um, You know, off the tee, he's improved. He isn't great. But his approach and his short game, he can chip it in from anywhere, it seems like. You know, he's got great course history here. I think his ownership is going to be very high. But if he wins, it's worth it. So I just I felt like we should kind of just mention that a little bit because um, it's almost hard to just ignore him with with kind of the fan base that he has and his play that he's had recently.
0: He doesn't say he's one of the biggest names in golf. Can't really overlook him here. I know we uh, we didn't pick him in this price range, but like I said, a lot of that is due to ownership and and being the Masters. And you know, he really broke on the scene. What was that? Twenty sixteen when he won the Masters. So that was really the year that he really broke on the scene at such a young age doing what he did and then had a, had a great run of things until 2017 and then really just fell off. Now he's back. It's going to be a great story if he does win this. And it would be good for golf. Like you said, just the fan base this guy has, still young in his career, would be fantastic for him. So let's move on here. 8,000 to 8,900. Sean, who's your uh, favorite in this range?
2: I'm going to kind of take the same approach that you did in the last range. I'm taking the bottom of the barrel, not in terms of talent, but just the price. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood is coming in at the solid 8,000 even. Uh, he's got two top tens, and he's only missed two cuts this year. He's got, had a pretty decent history. first year he played here, he got cut, but that was in 2017. The next three years, he went tied for 17th, tied for 36th, and tied for 19th. Um, so he's got seven additional rounds that are under par, so that's good for scoring, and uh, he's got a 71 scoring average as well. So again, underneath that par average. So looking at the guys that are there, they're great value. But looking to fill in my lineups, I'm looking at Tommy because I think, you know, he played well at the match play. He had the hole in one, and I, I think he has a chance to to really light up the course if he plays well.
1: The one that I want to root for, Tommy Fleetwood. The one thing that worries me, he's got one top 10 on the PGA tour this year. No, he said he's got two. I think one of them came on the European tour. It's just that one top 10 on the PGA. And I don't want to be part of the narrative that can he do it on the PGA tour, but that's kind of in the back of my mind. And it worries me a little bit with Tommy this week.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know, what was it? The players that he had that, that run where he kind of faltered there in the final round, but yeah. Either way, at eight thousand, think can't think he go wrong there, Lenny. Who who do you who are you playing this price range?
1: Yeah, this is a very good price range. Um, I think if I'm like picking one guy out of here, might be Cam Smith. He's you know he finished second in the previous tournament. He's in similar form that he was when he came in. Um, up last year he's got what, what is it four top 20s or three top 20s in a second in his group of the match play so he's got good form coming in i think it's something like six of the previous winners have finished second the previous year one of them being dj last year you know he seems to know his way around this course he has a really good game playing well um And just kind of being at the bottom of this 8000 range, I think he's a really easy guy to get into your lineup. And and I think, you know, like his floor is maybe like a 40th at the worst. I think he's just playing too well not to be in there contending this week.
0: Yeah, in this price range, if you can get someone to guarantee, like you said, floor T40, make the cut – that'd be excellent with someone with the upside of winning or a top 10 or five finishes, what you are looking for in this price range. I'm going with Victor Hovland myself, 8,700 here. he He's a familiar name on the show. Seems to pop up every week. And from one of us, he's 11th on the tour and shots gain T to green. He's fantastic off the tee and, and in shots gain approach as well. His downfall is around the green. He He isn't the best at putting as well but I think if he can do enough off the tee and approaching and approach shots with the excellent ball striking, he brings to the game. I think that can make up for his, you know, I'm not saying he's bad around the green or putting. He just isn't up there with the best of them. So with his fantastic off the tee and approach shots, I think he makes up for that. He's also 15th on the tour in greens and regulation percentage. So there's that as well, but 8,700, you're spinning up a little bit here, almost a 9,000 type of uh, player here, but, again in this price range really love victor hovland
1: yeah i would say last year he probably was bad around the greens he's improved he's gotten better this year and he's another person like fino who is in great form then kind of got to florida and it fell off a little a little bit i think before he got to florida he had like four top five finishes or top six finishes in five events so he kind of fits that mold of you're looking at guys in good form winner earlier this year multiple good finishes i like hovland i do have him in multiple lineups that i'm playing this week
0: all right not sure if that's a good thing if we both agree on a pick but we'll see how that ends up later this week so let's move on the second to last price range seven thousand to seven thousand nine hundred again draft prices here uh let's see sean you've been leading the way all the way so why don't you give us your favorite in this price range
2: I guess I'm having a trend this week. Uh, three out of the four have been on the low side of, of the rankings. Uh, I'm, I was kind of torn between two guys here. Uh, yesterday, LJ and I were talking about Wolf um, and that, and some of the firepower that he can have. You know, something to me just stands out to him that he might just go off for some scoring. Uh, with, with the 7-1 pricing, it's kind of low, so it might be worth a shot. But really, for me, I, I think I'm going to try to build some lineups with some of the higher guys. So I'm looking to save some money, and Billy Horschel kind of stands out to me. Uh, Back in 2016 was his best finish when he was when he was there. It was a 2000. uh, It was yeah, 2016, uh, tied for 17th. He finished. So, you know, he just won the match play, and he's coming in hot. He might be worth the shot to to make a hit and run someplace. Uh, So, Horschel it is for me.
0: All right, yeah, just won that uh, the the WGC match play. So playing some great golf as of right now, and we'll bring that into the Masters. So, Lenny, who do you like here?
1: I'm probably going to be going with a lot of Paul Casey and Jason Day, but I'm going to talk about Jason Day here. Off the tee, he's solid. Around the green, he's very solid. 19th off the tee, 44th around the green. He got cut in November, but outside of that, He's made every cut. He's got four top 10s, good course history. I know he isn't coming in with the best form, but I think his knowledge around the course and kind of just that that veteran skill set that he's got, I think he'll be fine. Like I said, in November, the course was completely different than it is now. You know, I think he might be one of the lower-priced guys. I could be wrong, because I just think you have... Garcia, Watson, Casey, Scott, you know, and then all those young bombers at that low seven range. So I think, you know, I can probably sneak some Jason days in there could be a little volatile, but I think at the same time, I like, if you see Jason day in the top 10, I don't think anyone is going to be too terribly surprised, which is basically all I'm hoping for when I'm picking him.
0: No, you can't be surprised if Jason day does come out and perform, Uh, it's, it's evident that he can have success at this event and will have success at this event. But as you said, it's, it's kind of hit or miss with this guy. He could really have a top 10 or miss the cut and have a, you know, 80th place finish. So, uh, there's that I'm going against the grain. I know I talked about how there was what the first, the last time a first time golfer won this tournament was 1976, whatever. I'm going with my man Will Zalatoris, 7,300. I I guess I'm becoming a decently a decent Will Zalatoris supporter as I I often play him. Love the value he brings at these lower ends of the price range here. Uh, Like I said, I know he's a first-time player here, which doesn't play him well. Again, this is just winners. He could be a top five, top ten, top twenty type of guy Um, when it comes to statistics, as I I believe in and I follow. Zal Taurus is a gem. He falls right into the Masters guideline by being fourth on the tour in shots gained. Cheetah Green, he's serviceable off the tee at 26 on the tour. He's fifth in shots gained approach and 27th in greens on regulation percentage. He does it all very well. It's not like he does one thing extremely well. He does a lot of things very well. So hopefully he can piece all these things together have himself a good week, enter the weekend, and you know have a great place finish here at 7300. That's all you can ask for.
1: Yeah, he's been king of like the 15 to 25 placed finishes. You know, Which at know 7300,
0: that's... can't be mad at that.
1: Yeah, I mean, he does have four top 10s, one of them coming at the Open. But, I mean, yeah, you get a top 20 out of him, I don't think you will be too disappointed.
0: Nope, not at all. So last price range here. 6,900 and below this is where you know, you hit on one of these guys and you have bragging rights for quite some time You know, I, I'll bring this up again two or three years ago whenever I played Aaron wise at the sheep He had a fantastic masters and won me some money uh, I'll keep bringing that up. So hopefully I can hit this year on my guy But before we get into my guy Sean, who do you have here and uh, who's your hope for a flyer that can you know Win you some money this week?
2: I'm going with Matt Jones I think he might be somebody who uh, is a, a surprise, obviously, listed at 6,300. Not really rated too popular, just above some of the older guys who play the Masters every year. So he might be a little bit of a long shot. However, he did win the Honda, and he's, he did come in eighth for the Genesis. So with that being said, he does have some, some uh, wins under his belt, if you will, this year. So um, with that, you, he might be a little bit of a flyer. So I would like to see Matt Jones get up there and maybe get the same treatment that you're giving yourself for Aaron Wise.
0: Yeah, that's all you can hope for. And this is where the Bragg and Reds come into play. And so, Lenny, who are you hoping to, uh, to have yourself a victory lap on Monday?
1: I probably will be looking at maybe Brian Harmon again. I mean, he's played well. Fifth and third place finishes, he's coming off of, you know, fits that in good form criteria he's a lefty which i'm not going to say augusta is a lefty course but it certainly doesn't hurt because you can just hit those nice cuts as a lefty that you know so many players hit and it's so easy just to kind of control for these guys you know i i think that he's not long off the tee but he's a good ball striker fairly decent around the green and like you said, at this range, we're kind of picking some flyers a little bit. For me, I know I'm not going below 6,500. Um, so, sorry, Sean, that cuts off Matt Jones from all my lineups.
0: Um,
1: well, well. But, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Brian Harmon's kind of a guy that I'm liking at 6'8".
0: Well, I guess uh, I'm SOL here as well because my guy's under 6,500. I'm going Matt Wallace with my pick. Again, dove into the statistics before I hopped on this pod and got my guy here. He is 13th on the tour and shots gained tee to green. He's rather poor off the tee, but then makes up that with his, uh, where he's fourth on the tour and shots gained approach. Love that stat and, and what he can do. He's serviceable at putting as well. So I'm hoping for this guy to make the cut, stay relevant on the weekend. Give me some points. And that's all you can hope for. Like you said, 6,500 is, is probably the cutoff for most people, but 64 is you know not that far off 65. So Matt Wallace can be my guy, and hopefully the statistics I'm playing uh, play, play me well.
1: I mean, yeah, you're right. 64 isn't far off of 65.
0: Math is fun. All right, guys. So that's our favorites for the price ranges there, of course. We're probably going to play a ton of lineups, each because it's the Masters and it's, it's, a, it's a great week to be a golf fan. But we have an ongoing uh, competition, I guess you can say. A game here in the podcast between us. It's the one and done rule or game where we each select a golfer each week. If that golfer does not win, we can't use them again for the entire season. If they do win, we can use them again. And if they win that next event, we keep using them. But last week, none of our guys won, so we have to worry about that. So... It's early on in this game, of course. We started last week, so the standings are Sean's leading with his Charlie Hoffman pick last week, and we're going off of uh, you know money earned throughout the season. Opposed to just standard finishes that way, it allows us to you know have more weight in the bigger tournaments. So Hoffman had eight thousand eight hundred Then Lenny second with his Abraham answer pick last week at sixty five and I had Matthew Naismith, who had 36.036. So um, I'm going first since I'm in last place, and we'll do that each week so we don't double up. And you can't double up. That's part of this uh, competition here between us. So I'm going Justin Thomas this week. Uh, it's early on in this game. I said that I would. My strategy here is to pick the big names in the big tournaments to help myself secure those big money and then leave my lesser, smaller names to the you know, non-majors and hopefully I can get a few winners here and there. So I think JT, we talked about this guy. I think he does well this week. So trying to use a big name here. Knock him off my list um, unless he wins. I can use him again, but knock him off here and hope he has a great performance this week.
1: you went first, Nate, you had the chance to pick the winner, and you didn't. Man, I'm going wrong. I Uh, mean, we already know that he's won this week.
0: Could have guessed (laughs) that one. Wait a second. Before we move forward, Lenny, I didn't hear anything about a hometown favorite doing your picks. You got one for us?
1: Not not really this week. I mean, I have Brian Harmon. He's a Georgia boy. Savannah's finest. Um. However, I didn't pick him this week. He's There's a been a murder. Murderer. I mean, he still counts gotta,
0: as a hometown pick, though. All right. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you there. But yeah, go along, go along with your uh, one and done pick here. I'm going Did wrong. You know? Oh, wrong. That's what it was. Of course, wrong. We talked about this. All right, Sean, I guess you're up then with uh with your lead here.
2: Well, I was kind of hoping that, that LJ wouldn't have said this earlier when we were in the, the range for him, but I'm going to go Jordan Spieth. Um I'm going to take the, the same route that you are and take the big names and the big events, and he seems to come and play here. As long as he can keep the ball out of the water and aim it in corner, I think he's got a chance. So I'm going to take Spieth and hope he gets some money.
0: All right, guys. So before we sign off here, guys, make sure you join our fantasy the Masters Fantasy Group. Search Out of the Rough WK on the Masters website. That's masters.com. Find the Fantasy tab. Fill out your lineup and join us out of the rough WK to compete against uh, us three. And uh, see how you can fare against us. We're not going to give our lineups, obviously, because you, you'll you be competing against us. And that'd be kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is here, uh, anti Something right? Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's just sign off on this podcast. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram out at Out of the Rough WK. Follow We know Fantasy on Twitter or Facebook at We know Visit our website WeKnowFace.com for some more fantasy sports content. Uh, be sure to check back. I'm not sure if next week, but last, if you're looking for a preview article and a more in-depth breakdown of the price ranges and the golfers, check out the previous episode. Uh brought to you by Sean and Lenny. That is live on the Wiener Fantasy Podcast Network prior to the release of this one. Uh it'll be a new, I guess it'll be a new show coming out. I think they're gonna call it Breakfast Ball, but last week was not <clears throat> excuse me, labeled that uh before they came up with the name. But that'll be something to look forward to moving forward as well. You'll get two fantasy golf podcasts out of the Wiener Fantasy Network per week for some of the bigger weeks. So till next week, guys, we'll see you.